Welcome to Yoke Talk, a look behind the scenes at Yoke Youth Ministries. Yoke is transforming communities by mentoring middle school students, equipping young leaders, engaging local churches, and enriching local schools. And in each episode of Yoke Talk, we have a conversation with the people who are making that happen. Hello again, Yoke family. We're back for another episode of Yoke Talk. Uh, my name is Jonathan, and thanks for joining us today. We're, uh, we're happy to have another friend uh, of Yoke on the podcast today as we continue talking about what it takes and what it means to minister effectively to middle school students. And so join me in welcoming our friend Tasha Harris. How are you, Tasha? I'm well. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. We're thrilled to have you here. Why don't you start by uh, introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do, and then we'll dive into uh, the subject matter at hand. All right. So I am the Title VI Diversity and Inclusion Officer for the city. I've been with the city for going on eight years. Uh, When I first came to the city, I was in communications. I was in public affairs. Then I transferred to community relations uh, where I co-manage the Save Our Sons initiative. And now I am working on equity, uh, inclusion, equality, and uh, still working a little bit with the community engagement manager to promote um, safe, healthy, thriving communities and uh, elevating youth voices. So, hello. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for joining us again. Um, we're, we're just so happy to have you. And uh, you, know, you and I, uh, it seems like you and I bump into each other a lot. We're often in yeah. meetings together. And, right, uh, right. And so I, I know I'm living right if I'm running in the same circles with you, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, well, I, I appreciate that. And I feel the same way. I feel, if you're there, I feel like I must be in the right place. So I'm glad that we're here together today on the Yoke podcast. And I know that, that you're a fan of Yoke and uh, have been very helpful in our ministry here in the city. Well, anything that uh, empowers young people, especially in the last, say, 24 months, because we've had uh, so much going on with uh, not only the pandemic, but um social and and racial injustice and uh, just a lot going on even with uh, our government and democracy. So if it's a scary and unsure time for adults, I can only imagine what our young people are are feeling. So Mm. uh, any resources or support that we can provide to help uh, our youth kind of navigate the world uh, safely and uh, and fairly and uh, and empowering them to be good people because you know they're the next generation of leaders. So um, I'm always happy to support. We're actually going to talk about something a little bit different today. Uh, I know that you are a proponent and in fact a trainer uh, in the area of mental health first aid. Uh, so tell us what that's all about. So mental health first aid um, is a movement where it's equipping just everyday people with some basic skills to be able to identify a person experiencing a a mental trauma episode and either being able to administer some help or to connect them to resources. Because I think 
more and more as the stigma is removed from mental health, we realize that everyone at some point in time in their life is going to experience some type of mental health uh, trauma episode. And uh, a lot of the mental health episodes that people experience aren't always long-term. It could be just for a period of time that you're going through uh, a certain event, uh, certain stressors. And so the more people that we have equipped to be able to recognize that, uh, I think it's better for our schools, our neighborhoods, our communities uh, in removing the stigma and providing someone some much needed help or uh, a connection to a resource to help them through the episode. So that's kind of where mental health uh, trauma first aid came into be. And I'm really interested in it because uh, in some of my work, I had the uh, the pleasure of working with a, a group that was working with young men uh, experiencing mental health trauma. And actually, uh, if you go a little bit back, um, there is um, a identifier, uh, ACEs, which is uh, early childhood uh, trauma. And uh, a lot of people experience that. So sometimes uh, through life, you don't even realize that you're experiencing trauma. You're just surviving and you're living day to day and you don't even realize um, that you're living with all of this, this stress. And so when we have activities that let people stop and see, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing trauma or uh, I'm not crazy. This what I felt is it's normal for what I've been through. Um, it, it destigmatizes and makes people um, feel that they're part of a community and not isolated. And um, that's how we can uh, help people through whatever they're, whatever they're suffering. So this particular program helped young people put a name to what they were feeling and able to talk about it and give them resources. And the outcome of that was that pe young people felt much better uh, about their circumstances, they were able to identify what was wrong, and therefore they were able to address it and solve it, you know, identify it and solve it. And that's really what we want, um, is to be able to give people uh, words or something to identify what they're going through and then help them with the solution to solve uh, what they're going through. We had an excellent uh, interview, spent some time with Dr. Keith Bailey. I know uh, uh, that uh, he's a mutual friend of ours. Yes, um, yes. And so we've, we've talked a lot about, and uh, I encourage our listeners, if they haven't listened to that episode, they need to go back and check it out. Uh, so we've got a basic understanding of trauma. Uh, is that, are we, are we talking about the same thing here in, in the work that you oh, do with mental health uh, testing? And so in some in some instances, but maybe uh, it's, you know, you have a coworker and they used to talk a lot and laugh and be funny. And now you're noticing that they're a little bit quieter. Uh, they're not talking as much. They're uh, isolated. They may even not you know, be showing up to work every day. They're, they're, you notice that their attendance has changed, uh, their demeanor. They may not even be taking care of themselves, their appearance, the way um, that they should. And so we want to have people that recognize that and say, hey, um, I'm just checking on you. You know, I noticed that 
um, you've been a little quieter than usual, I'm not prying into your business, but if you ever want to talk, I'm here. Um, you know, I, I'm willing to listen, and I just want you to know that I I noticed that you 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 seem a little different, and I want you to know somebody cares. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. Letting somebody know that somebody notices what's going on, and that could be enough um, to snap them out of whatever they're in. And but it could go a little bit uh, more, and then. Uh, you're there to say, um, you know, did you know our, our this company that we're working for has an EAP program? You might want to uh, call and, and see about counseling, or uh, you may want to report to HR that you noticed that this person, uh, their behavior is concerning and you just want to make somebody else aware. Um, and you just want to keep doing check-ins because you can't force somebody to... Uh, seek help, but the more people that are checking in, that are noticing, that are identifying, um, that, you know, that's why it can be simple as giving out a card to somebody and just say, hey, thinking of you, um, or uh, organizing some type of workshop or something at work where you talk about mental health, the different things that people go through, what are some things that you can do to relieve stress? It can be as easy as having a group of uh, co-workers walk during lunch. You know, walking is a good stress reliever, just getting outside, getting away from your desk. Uh, it could be a 20-minute yoga class, you know, just looking at ways to help people de-stress and to talk about it and not uh, make it be a stigma. But um, it also uh, is a way to learn about what mental illness really is and some of the stereotypes that aren't true until I took the mental health first aid class myself, I actually did not realize that a person that had schizophrenia could live like a normal life, could work a job, be married and have children, and that the episodes can be controlled. I, I had no idea. And so um, you get to learn a little bit about that. And um, sometimes people have mental illness where they may hear voices. And so we do an exercise where you get a um, paper towel roll and you put it up to someone's ear and you start talking and saying things while somebody else is having a conversation with them. And so you get to see when you're that person, somebody's talking to you in your ear and then a person is talking to you, how can you focus and how can you uh, respond naturally so the person you're talking to doesn't know something is going on and you may not realize that somebody you know has a mental illness where they're hearing voices. And so you might run into them at the store and you're talking to them and they act like they're spaced out or they're ignoring you. They're not focusing and you're thinking that, you know, they're acting some kind of way when actually it's mental illness. So the more that we're aware of what other people are experiencing, uh, the kinder we can be, um, the more grace that we can give people. Depression. Uh, I think is a very misunderstood um, mental illness because a lot of the symptoms, so say you're a young person and you know, you're depressed. So it's an effort sometimes just to get up and get out of bed. Uh, a lot of people that are severely depressed, hygiene is not uh, a priority to them. So you have a student that's coming to class sporadically 
They're not engaged. They're not paying attention. They just act like they don't care. Um, and so you're frustrated with them, but you you don't realize that they're not lazy and they're not unengaged. It really is a symptom of clinical severe depression. And so what are some things that we can do to be more aware of that? And how can we help someone suffering from depression like that? How can we really enable them to be able to be uh, productive uh, in school and in life? Um, same with anxiety. Um, people experiencing anxiety can be nervous about the least little thing. And uh, you may think they're being dramatic or drama queen, uh, you know, high maintenance, but it really is a mental illness. So the more knowledge I think that we have, uh, then the better prepared we are to deal with people uh, and be able to help people through episodes. And also the more knowledge, then it becomes better for people to experience. I'm not, you know, I'm depressed, I'm sad. I'm, I'm not having a good day. Um, you know, I'm stressed at home. I'm trying to take care of my elderly parents and I've got an out of control teenager and I, I just, I'm overwhelmed. And I think that that uh, is where we still have a lot of work to do. As a professional woman, I've worked in many jobs where um, my colleagues that are women, if their children are sick, they're afraid to say um, their children are sick because they don't want people to think that they're not as professional as the men, uh, that they're not as capable of doing their job. And, you know, they don't want to get out of the loop of being promoted. Or if they are overwhelmed, they don't want to say they're overwhelmed because they don't want somebody to think a woman can't do the job or that they're not capable of doing the job. So um, again, the more we talk about it, the more we destigmatize it, I think that that's uh, better for everyone to be healthy mentally, spiritually, and physically because uh, mental illness can also take a toll on your physical health. And so again, it's just uh, getting the information out there, spreading it, and uh, knowledge is power. I know we've uh, we've talked several times about uh, getting some of our yoke folk to do this training. I, I think we had one uh, session scheduled with you right about the time that uh, our COVID quarantine started. Yes. So yeah. we're looking yeah. forward to getting that back on the calendar right. again. But yeah. um, what kind of groups uh, do you think this training would be helpful for? I think the training would be helpful really for anyone. I think uh, especially um, people that are working with young, young kids, uh, volunteers, uh, I think churches, you know, anybody that's working, uh, volunteering in a church, uh, any significant kind of group where you're working, I think, with um, people from marginalized populations. Uh, if we're talking about the immigrant population, a lot of people that come here from other countries are here because they're leaving traumatic situations. Mm -hmm. And so you come to a new country with a new language, new customs, and you're dealing with trauma. Uh, from where you left, uh, that can be overwhelming. And a lot of people suffer from depression. And uh, if we can recognize that, uh, we can avoid uh, a lot of the obstacles uh, and bad things that may happen uh, to people who are, who are left untreated and uh, unseen. And so I think this just makes us be uh, a kinder community where we're 
making sure that we see everybody. And then I think that it's a, an eye opener. Like I said, I learned a lot about mental illness that I didn't know before I took the training. And I recognized that um, some traits that I may have thought were laziness or somebody just not being um, interested really is severe depression or um, again, like I said earlier, I didn't realize that people uh, that are schizophrenic or um, may have severe mental illnesses uh, under treatment can live normal lives. You just have to be able to recognize uh, the triggers and what happens uh, when they're having an episode um, to realize um, what bipolarness is. And so that's somebody that has manic episodes, highs and lows. So um, how can you help somebody manage that? What are some things that um, as an employer or as a colleague that you can do to um, help make the environment uh, safe for everyone, uh, no matter what they're experiencing? And then how can we become uh, people, employers, churches, community groups that make it easy for people to say uh, when they're suffering? Um, I think that that's the the biggest thing that I hope comes out of this, that we become a more welcoming society where if someone is overwhelmed or they're experiencing something, they're not afraid to ask for help. And I, I think uh, to some extent we're still there. People are afraid to ask for help and, and we, we need to change that. Yeah, you, you use the word stigma and I think that's uh, an important word. Um, even as I'm listening to you talk, you know, when we think of I think when we typically think of mental health issues, you know, we're thinking of someone who, uh, like, use the words, you know, schizophrenia or uh, paranoia, or, you know, people that are hearing voices. We think of maybe people that need to be institutionalized or medicated. Right. But you, you've also talked about simple things like depression and anxiety, and and I think what I'm uh, what I'm kind of taken by uh, just listening to you is. Um, people that we come in contact with every day may be having uh, a mental health uh, episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of mental health episodes that people experience are only temporary. So the sooner that somebody notices them and uh, acknowledges them, um, the sooner they can get over the episode. And I've also uh, watched studies and read things. It, uh, last week I was watching a video and it was a group of uh, friends and they decided they would drive around and just dispense joy to people. So they would drive in the middle of the street and roll down their window and they'd see a lady and they'd say, you know, oh, you're so beautiful, your hair, you know, your outfit. I mean, you're, you're gorgeous. And just seeing the person smile or seeing a, uh, you know, a kid and getting out of the car and asking them for a high five or, you know, seeing an elderly couple and, you know, buying them a flower and telling them, you know, they've inspired them with their love and so uh, I think I've done that most of my life, but I try to do that even more. Sometimes you just see a coworker, you compliment an outfit, uh, a tie, ask somebody how is their day. Um, if you know it's somebody's birthday, uh, you know, I try to uh, give little cake pops out uh, or, you know, a little piece of candy and just a little funny card. But sometimes just noticing people, um, just saying hi, uh, recognizing people, that goes a long way. Um, telling someone that they look good that day or, um, you know, they said something great in a meeting. Uh, just passing out little warm fuzzies, I think um, we need to do more often. And same with our young people. Um, 
middle school is a hard time. You know, your bodies are changing. You're trying to figure out where you fit in and who you are. And unfortunately, sometimes school can be a mean place. Uh, and so uh, empowering kids by telling them that they're awesome and helping them build that, that self-confidence. I spoke to a group of girls a couple of years ago. And uh, what I did was I had them sit in a circle and then I pointed to one girl in the circle and I had everybody else in the circle tell me something nice about her, something special about the girl. So the first couple, it was kind of quiet. It was kind of like pulling teeth. But by the time I got to the last girl, the girls were speaking over each other to say something nice. Uh, and so I, I asked them after the exercise, didn't that make you feel good to say something nice about somebody else and see how easy it is? So let's look around the room and remember, um, you know, that we're each other's community and we're all that we have. And so um, let's treat other people how we want to be treated. And it, it feels good to have somebody say something nice about you. So remember how you felt when everybody was saying something nice about you and make sure you do that to, to other people. And uh, I think that that's really uh, important for us to, to, to recognize and, and to do. And, um, you know, to uh, look at the little things that kids do. Everybody's not going to be the star soccer player, football player, basketball player. So the things that they do do good, let's praise that. You know, if they're a good reader, uh, compliment them on that. Good at math, compliment them on that. Uh, an artist or just whatever they're good at, let's look at um, looking at each person's individual gift or what makes them unique and praise it. That's great advice. Um, I'm curious, uh, let, let's take a few minutes just to talk about uh, the training itself that you do. And okay. what, is, what does that training look like? And if, if someone was going to attend uh, a weekend of training with you, what might they expect to take away from that? So hopefully they take away uh, tools um, and a better knowledge of what mental health really is. And so um, the training kind of experience, it explains all of the different types of uh, mental health illnesses, what some signs are of it. And then we go through exercises to um, practice what you would do if you encountered someone in each of these situations. What is the best way to uh, give someone help? So all of it isn't you doing something. Sometimes it's just connecting them to a resource. Um, and then learning words to use. Uh, there's a fun exercise, it's A through Z. And um, the first word, the first exercise, A through Z, you go through words that people use to identify someone with mental health. And then the second time you go through words to find a nice way of describing someone not using uh, the words that are stereotypical, like instead of crazy, what, are, what is something that you can say? Or instead of bonkers, what is something you can say? Um, and then uh, we identify uh, character traits that someone experiencing mental illness has. And then you talk about what could somebody think it was if they, if they weren't aware of mental health and what are some ways we can reduce that stigma. And then um, just a lot of exercises of, uh, again, how to respond to somebody experiencing a mental health uh, episode and what are some ways that um, we can do better. And so um, I guess they would come out 
um, with tools to, to really help someone. That does sound like something that we would benefit from. Uh, where can folks go for uh, more information? Well, they can um, contact me, Tasha Harris, tharris at knoxvilletn.gov or um, the Metropolitan Drug Commission. That is actually the organization um, that received a grant and funding to do uh, the training. So Courtney Neiman uh, at, the Met at the Metropolitan Drug uh, Coalition would be the person to contact to get uh, training or to have someone come out to your organization and, and give you training. And it's um, an eight-hour course, so it's either one day, eight hours, or two four-hour days. And uh, what's the cost involved? There is no cost. Uh, all the materials and everything are free of charge. It's part of the grant. And so the uh, only thing you need to bring is your awesome self and a willingness to learn. That sounds great. Yeah, free is always great. <laughs> Especially for nonprofits, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you understand. Tasha <laughs> Harris, uh, we appreciate you. We're glad that God has you in the role uh, that you're in with our city. And uh, we thank you for your uh, continuing support of our work at Yoke. And thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah. And thanks for the incredible work that you do. We need uh, more people like Yoke. Uh, we need more wins for the good guys. To learn more about Yoke, visit yokeyouth.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram at yokeyouth.